Before we started today... Um, we have an, an important message. Yeah. Uh, we know that this is kind of a sobering topic, uh, but there there's a time for that. Um, for those of you that have been doing literally anything on the internet besides listening to our podcast, you know that there's, there is unrest happening in the world today beyond our COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we don't have a particularly large voice here on the internet, we do have a voice and it's important for us to use it in a meaningful way. Um, so here today, Bill and Tyler say a statement that should not be controversial, although apparently is that black, black lives, lives matter. matter. We, yeah. that's not a thing that we should be surprised about. That's something that we should all acknowledge. And we're here acknowledging that now, obviously we have a Patreon, um, but we're encouraging you even if you wouldn't donate to our Patreon, please donate to an organization that is here to uplift black voices anywhere. In America specifically, because that's where we live, but anywhere. Uh, the mm. NAACP, Black Lives Matter Movement, or any number of organizations that you can find out there right now that are encouraging, helping, and uplifting black voices. Um, this isn't the whole episode, but we just want to make sure we said this now um, so that that we got it and people heard it. Obviously, at the end of each episode, we always say that we love, we love you. you. That's a thing. Um, but that love is meaningless if we don't stand up for the people that we love. So please make sure that you're doing that. If there's people around you that need support and love, and love, give it to them. And give it to them in the way that they need it, as often as they need it. Anyways, let's get into the show. I'm Bill. Numpty dog. And this is Two, two Films, Two, two curious, curious, where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Except we didn't do that this time, because nope. it's a bonus feature. We're talking about, uh, how do you do, MCU? What do you do, MCU? We'll get to that part in a little <laughs> bit. But before we start, we want to thank our patrons on Patreon. Uh, patron 1, uh, Cotagonist Nick. Patron 2, Cotagonist uh, Chris. Does he count as a Two Films Multiple Curious alum for having been on the podcast for the the party? Yes, he, he is a two films, two curious alum, but not a two films, three, three curious, curious alum. alum. Okay, I can live with that. Chris, who's been uh, who's been our patron for a while now as well, um, as well as two films, three curious alum, Brenda, who um, funds the What Do You Do MCU part, which we'll get to uh, later on in the show. Uh, we've got some of the questions that we tend to do. Uh, before we do that, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about a movie that we watched for my birthday. We did. It's Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Or The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Those words. Yep. That I don't remember. <laughs> it's a long title. Uh, it contributed mostly, mainly, to its very underwhelming performance at the box well, I office. I feel like coronavirus did a little bit. This was before this coronavirus. Was, this was, wasn't it this was pre-Christmas. Oh, it was pre-Christmas. Mm-hmm. It came it out on like... DVD in the middle of coronavirus. Oh. It was pre-Christmas. This was a movie that should have done much better. Except that people are like, oh. People were afraid, but is... they didn't know what they were afraid of yet. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> it's a great movie, and I really enjoyed it, and that's why I forced a whole bunch of people to watch it for my birthday. Tell me what you thought, T-Dog. I also enjoyed it. Thank you. I liked like the whole, yeah, I like I liked the movie in general. It's a fun movie. I think that it's, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it is, yes, it is a Harley Quinn movie, but it's... If you liked Suicide Squad, it has all of your favorite tonal things from Suicide Squad. And if you hated Suicide Squad, you're fine because it's nothing like Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's a great action superhero movie with some really amazing characters and amazingly acted characters. I think that um, Harley Quinn was amazing. Uh, 
I forgot that Huntress was someone that I've seen in many movies before yeah. because she was so good at, as Huntress. It was like my second or third time watching it, and Devin was like, oh, I love her in uh, fucking Scott Pilgrim. And I'm like, oh my god, that's Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> that's the Scott Pilgrim lady, I forgot. It's, 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 it's Scott Mrs. Pilgrim. Pilgrim. It's Michael Sarah. <laughs> Michael Sarah plays Huntress. But no, I I, uh, I I quite like that movie, and uh, I think that you all should watch it too. So, there you go. We can, we can say that in Two Films Too Curious recommends this film. Yes, we should have a thing like that. We should recommend a movie every every bonus feature. Yeah. Two Films Too Curious recommends Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Get it wherever videos are sold. <laughs> Coming soon to DVD. <clears throat> we also have our, our questions that we tend to do. Um, our question, our first question this time is, what place, fictional or real, from a movie would you love to visit? I feel like it would be odd to have a real a answer that's a real place you for know, this. You uh, know, my boss's boss had an answer that was a real place. She wanted to visit Tokyo uh, from the Lost in Translation era of Tokyo. Uh, and I could see if you wanted Akira to... Not the Akira era of Tokyo. No, but I posted that too as a joke. <laughs> um, but no, I could see I could see wanting to pick a real place if you wanted to do like like a tour of that movie in that real place you know yeah. like it's still fictional in a way right yeah you're you're like the people that go on like like shake like shakespeare tours or like mm-hmm. jane austen tours or like they go to england specifically to see all of the beatles shit i don't know why i'm just picking england all of the time i mean it's but, if you wanted to like visit somewhere in blade runner yeah that was those are real places yeah. it's in a fantasy setting of it but yeah. it is like los angeles that's a real place <laughs> yeah so i could see that uh but i picked i would love to visit any place in star war i think that when people are like like oh you wouldn't want to be a you wouldn't want to go to the fictional world from your favorite fiction franchise because you're not necessarily going to be a knight i'm like i don't give a fuck i'll be a moisture farmer on tatooine and be thrilled that i live in the star wars universe but i think that my the one place from star wars that i would love to visit is Theed, the fancy city from Naboo where the queen lives. Because mm-hmm. it's just gorgeous. Uh, I think that that would be a lot of fun to hang out there. Uh, but as you said earlier, I think that Coruscant would be really fun too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would love to have some sort of really fucked up cocktail from the Moss Eisley <laughs> spaceport. Because that sounds hella intense and I'd be super on board with that. The people there need to get fucked up. They That's do. That's why they're there. They Yeah. <laughs> Where would you visit? So, <clears throat> I have I have my answer for the podcast because it's in a movie, right? In a traditional movie, which right. is Rivendell, the last Lord homely Rakes, house, or Imladris, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Just Yo, what up, last homely like, house? It seems to me like obviously I feel like Lothlorien is a more traditionally elven city. Sure, that Rivendell is. is People go through there all the time. It's just, yeah. like you said, it's the last homely house in the West. Like, it's yeah. the last house you get to before you're at... The wilderness. The, the wilderness, essentially, and eventually the ocean. Yeah. Um, but that... Be, it being more cultured in that way makes me would want to visit there more than, yeah. like, Lothlorien. Which seems just, like, very elven. And, yeah. like, I almost want to say, like, high elven. Like, it's right. a very fancy place. Lothlorien, Whereas, like, there, you would there feel are, less accepted in Lothlorien yes. than you would in Rivendell. Whereas they're ecstatic when Bilbo comes to live there yeah. in, in Rivendell because it's Bilbo. We love Bilbo. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I uh, I had said that I would love to have a meal. I would love to have like a like a like a feast in in Rivendell 
And then one mm-hmm. of the people that I asked the question to earlier reminded me that they they don't eat meat. Yeah. It, so while I would enjoy an unexpected journey, right? While I would like enjoy that, <laughs> I would enjoy that as an experience. What I really want, impossible burgers and shit going on in there. <laughs> what I really want is to enjoy a meal uh, at at uh, the Green Dragon. Mm. Green Dragon. <laughs> I actually have wine in my mouth, so. I think that that would be a, a wonderful place to, to have a meal, have some oh. ale and a nice, you know, rasher I, of meats and cheeses. I can absolutely agree that I think almost any place in Hobbiton would be a better place to eat. And not even just like, Rivendell would still be amazing, Oh, I'm for sure. sure. But, but like, Hobbits know food. Yeah, they do. And that's a that's the a brewing thing. of ale and smoking of pipeweed, all yeah, of it. I would be on board with any of that. If Speaking of brewing of ale, what are we drinking today? I was drinking until I just finished it. <laughs> Some Bogle Vineyard Cabernet Sauvignon. How was it? It's good. It's a Californian red. Ah, I've been drinking, uh, starting now since I finished my other beverage, an American trilogy of sorts. It's uh, the first three liquors to be brewed in America were rye whiskey, uh, applejack whiskey, and orange bitters. So this is, it's not rye because we're out of rye. It's just regular American whiskey. Apple Jack, orange bitters, and a little bit of brown sugar, and kind of an old-fashioned dish thing. It's very yummy. It, it's yeah, it's very yummy. I was surprised they squeezed either three DVDs or three books together to <laughs> get some liquid out of it. You know, VHSs have some liquid. I think I don't know. If that's a uh, probably. <laughs> you blend it up. Anybody can drink it. <laughs> my my kind of non-movie answer for this, like mm-hmm. if it's just a general thing. Obviously, the, the Warhammer universe is a very scary and not good yeah. place, but I feel like to visit Earth, Holy Terra in that yeah. would be pretty cool. You would want to make sure that you could protect yourself in such a way that they're not going to arrest you for being a oh, heretic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> but just like, or you're one like, of the thousand see... humans that gets blended to keep the, the god emperor yeah, I'm not going to be a psyker. Yeah, no, you don't want that. But to like to see where the emperor is. Yeah. And that's supposed to be like, Taller than Mount Everest, crazy shit like that. If I could be like a that. fly on that wall, <laughs> and not a human who died. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd see that. That'd be cool. But maybe we'll get a movie with there someday. All right. Let's see. Okay, so next next thing up is uh, our our special inside of a bonus feature. What do you do, do MCU? MCU? This week we watched Hulk. This the, month we the watched Incredible Hulk, Hulk. the Incredible Hulk, the second <clears throat> of the MCU movies. So I guess we watched it last month, but Incredible Hulk. We're very you, early in this month. So. We are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll still have another one, hopefully, at the end of this month for whatever comes next. I don't remember. Anyways, Iron you've Man got some Iron Man next one. You've got some fun facts for us about <clears throat> Incredible Hulk. I do. This one's this this one I think is very fun actually. It said Louis the Terrier wanted Mark Ruffalo to play Hulk in this. Oh. But Marvel insisted on Edward Norton. Interesting. How the turntables have turned. Absolutely. That's super interesting. Huh. Um, I guess this one would also be a f- fun fact for Captain America Civil War. That that's the first reappearance of General Ross. Oh. As a character in the okay. MCU. <clears throat> the Russo brothers, when they were directing that, were like, we can't, we feel like the MCU forgot about him, and he's obviously yeah. an important. So that's why they made him like Secretary of State or something instead. Yeah. Yeah. Or Secretary of Defense. And then he like shows that. up again a couple of times after yeah, that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Although it was cut from a theatrical run, Captain America can be seen in an alternate ending Ooh. on the DVD and Blu ray, 
when the last piece of ice breaks towards the screen during like credit stuff, if you hit the pause button, Cap is frozen in ice right there with his shield. Neato. I did not know that, and I really want to look for it. Yeah, I <clears throat> need to get. Um, I need to get. I want to get it on Blu-ray because the Blu-ray, if you get the fancy Blu-ray, the case is green. Yep. I really want that. Originally, Abomination was supposed to be a supporting antagonist in Age of Ultron. Oh, interesting. Really yeah, that would have cool. been super cool. I guess I get why they didn't do it. They had a lot going on in that movie anyways. Yes, yeah, yeah, there was. That's. We'll talk more about it when we get to there. But that movie, when it came out, was eh. Yeah. But with all the things that came after it that you see it's building the little platforms for, it's a lot better. Yeah. It's one I'm, I think, it's probably my second favorite Avengers movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. After what? After um, Endgame. Okay. I like Infinity War, of course, as well. But sure, I sure, think sure. I like Age of Ultron more than Infinity War. Okay, interesting. Good to know. Um, this is the only Phase 1 MCU film that Nick Fury is not in. Interesting. Yeah, because it's Tony Stark at the end. Yep. Huh. He's pre- he's doing a very Nick Fury thing at the end. but yeah. Right, yeah. Huh, interesting. And then our last one, which I think is shocking, but this movie did come out, like, you know, 12 years ago. Yeah. It took the visual effects artists over a year to construct the shot where Dr. Banner's gamma irradiated blood falls through three stories into a bottle in the fa- in the factory. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't even know if that's true. That sounds like bullshit. Yeah. But it's on the IMDb huh. facts. So. That's super interesting. Because if that's the case, then, man, what were they doing that yeah. <laughs> for a year? <laughs> like, either that, that shot is a lot more complicated than we know, or they just assigned it to some random intern... Who was also didn't like know what he was doing. <laughs> picking his own teeth for the entire fucking year too? I don't know. Anyways, let's talk about how how Incredible Hulk fits in with uh, with the rest of the MCU. Mm-hmm. You said a thing before we recorded that I thought was really interesting. Yes, <clears throat> that this is the f- this is the movie that makes it the MCU. Yeah, because while you do have Iron Man ends with a little teaser, Nick Fury's like, "Hey, I'm Nick Fury. What's up? I got a fucking eye patch and I'm awesome." Yeah. And everyone, anyone who knows something about Marvel Comics is like, oh, shit, that's Nick Fury. Yeah. Avengers. Iron Man's in the Avengers. There was no guarantee that other movies were going to happen because, and I don't know if we talked about it on the last one, but Iron Man was a big risk yeah. that they took. And obviously, by now we know. It paid off. Hugely paid off. Right. But at the end of this film, when you have Tony Stark come out and talk to General Ross, and he's like, "I'm putting, we're putting a team together. This is when it's now a series of movies and not just standalone movies because for the whole beginning part of this movie obviously you have like little name drops of stuff like you do in any of the mcu like stark enterprises someone will mention it in a conversation yeah but it's not solidly like that's the same actor that played tony stark in the other one right right robert downey jr you could you can i mean theoretically in your heart you could believe that the toby Maguire spider-man and the x-men movies are technically part of the same movie but they're not this is the first time we have this is overtly yeah this is a series we're making. That's super neat. One of the things that I thought was interesting is, like Iron Man One, we still don't have the like this the the visual yes yeah, the visual aesthetic of of the MCU movies. But unlike Iron Man One, it's an entirely different visual aesthetic. Oh yes, John Favreau's uh, directing style is far different than Louis Leterrier's. And it shows in the, just in the the movies that they've done before mm-hmm. this that John Favreau does a lot of interpersonal stuff, swingers, elf, things like that. A lot of like people focused, dialogue driven movies. And Louis Leterrier's movies uh, before Hulk have or all like like parkour heist, cr- 
crime movies. Which, and it which shows. you get quite a bit, especially oh, yeah. at the beginning when they're running through like Venezuela or yeah, wherever he that is was, hiding. Yeah, I remember yeah. when we watched this the first time we were going to do this thing. That that was like, it's I'm like, very... why is it shot like this? This is crazy. And then we want, we, we looked it it's up and I'm like, oh, that's film. why. He's actually going to be doing Bright 2 when Netflix does the sequel to Bright. I can see that so, lending, lending his style to that very well. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. It's, uh, let's see, what else do we have on our notes? Is it just like called Brighter? Yeah. It's a more trilogy. bright, more bright. <laughs> and then the, the third one is going to be Darkness. Oh, oh, no. What else do we have on our list here, though? We've got... Uh, we do have that it, it leans very heavily on already established Hulk things. Yeah. Music. Musical yeah. musical cues. Not even yeah. music, but no, like but the little... Yeah, the Lonely Man thing. Motif, do, 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 as do, it's called, do, do, in do, the music do, do. world. Yeah. Um, we have the shots of like Bruce Banner suddenly turning and his eyes are green. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. That's that's very from the TV show as well. Lou Ferrigno he's plays in. the voice of the Hulk. And he's in it. Yeah, and he's, he's in it. That's right. As a, I love him as a security <laughs> guard. They like him with this pizza and he's like, yeah, I'll take that pizza. <laughs> I love Lou Ferrigno as an actor. As an actor who plays like basically Lou Ferrigno, yeah. he's great. For those of you who haven't watched it, watch King of Queens. That show is amazing and Lou Ferrigno is amazing in it. Uh, it, it kind of relates to this. It was a fun fact that I didn't decided not to capitalize on. Yeah, but they very greatly from this and the Ang Lee Hulk uh-huh. greatly made him less saturated. Green, Hulk is very a darker green in this than he is in the other one. Okay, and I think that kind of lends into this early MCU where it feels very desaturated. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's very green. It's a darker color palette, a more muted color palette. Yeah, it's really and again said it many times before until we get to like guardians yeah that it's, and thor it's certainly brighter than this one sure we'll get there two movies from now but thor the, it's the setting of thor that does it and not thor himself yes, exactly it's arizona in much the same way there are there is light color palette when he's in uh brazil yeah yeah but it's not a light color palette movie it's just that it's daytime in brazil so yeah uh the mcu humor starts to develop i think in this movie yeah. That you get some jokes. Oh, God. A joke that I hate. I hate, 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 hate. <laughs> this kind of joke. But he's learning Portuguese, and he says, you won't like me when I'm hungry. Instead of you won't like me when I'm That's, angry. That is pretty MCU. And it was a good... I mean, it, it fits with the MCU, and it's a joke that people like, and it's funny, and, and it's, it calls back to the you won't like me when I'm angry of the Hulk. Yeah, and it, but, but it feels very early MCU. Mm-hmm. Like obviously this is early MCU. This but, feels like it feels solidly in yeah, that. This is one thousand percent that phase one. But it's movie. still before they re- fully developed what be- will become their this formula. Is and I don't mean that in a in right. a bad way. No, no, no. It's a their formula. Is love. Obviously yeah. a very good formula. But yeah, but it's this emblematic. Is pre- this is yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh we've got uh Oh yeah, that it's shot like we we talked about this. That it's shot like a different kind of action movie, but at least it's shot like an action movie as opposed to Iron Man one, which I don't think is shot like an action no. movie. It in Iron Man one feels very. I feel like these both have an equal amount of action sequences. Uh huh. And because obviously most of Hulk's character is being Bruce Banner, until yeah. we get to Thor Ragnarok, it's it's one or the yeah. other. There's not both, but. I don't think Iron Man 1's fights are non-memorable. Obviously, no. they are. Yeah. But these feels like they're more powerful yeah. action sequences. A lot like of Iron Man 1's... On. Yeah, a lot of Iron Man 1's action sequences are kind of like just the idea of it being the first MCU movie in general. You you see him practicing being mm-hmm. Iron Man. 
in much the same way Iron Man 1 is practicing being an MCU movie. And because this is not an origin story. Right. Right. We this get our is, origin in the fully, opening credits. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's pretty... It's interesting the way that they, they feel different in that in that way. Uh, oh, the after credit scene is before the credits yep. in this, which is, I guess, the start of having both. Yeah. Although it doesn't, but no, other no, movies no, do. all the movies, but a lot of them do have like yeah. a funny one and then like a like the this next is movie. it. This is what's coming next. So, what is you said? Our next movie is Iron Man Two, right? Mm-hmm. I like Iron Man Two. What do you do? You have any uh, thoughts about Iron Man Two now before we uh, watch it at the end of this month? Just that I remember seeing it in theaters, and I did also really like it. I like the guy who talks about his bird. Yes, he's. I think who is it, that? Mickey Rourke. He's so good in that movie. It's a good because it and it shows because it goes through all Iron Man movies and even the Age of Age of Ultron, the Avengers yeah. movies as well, but especially Age of Ultron, that Tony Stark creates his own villains. Yeah, knowingly or unknowingly. Like right. in this one, it's a very unknowingly one. He didn't yeah. do something overt that created Whiplash for him to fight in Iron Man Two, but like. Three, it was obvious. Yeah. One, less obvious, but obvi- right. he, he did create right. um, the Open dude stain. Yeah. as a villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's throughout the whole MCU. It's part of his whole, like, whatever, 20 fucking movie character arc. Yeah. That he starts to undo these things. And it even plays up in the last Phase 3 movie of Homecoming. Yeah. Or not Homecoming. Far From Home. The, the he created Spider-Man. Spider-Man's he bad guy. He created Spider-Man's bad guy, too. Yeah. There's still repercussions. Of his actions. Because of up until Iron Man 1, he was he's just a bad guy. A he's head. a dick. Yeah. Yeah. So. And he pays for that up until and past <laughs> his death. Absolutely. I remember seeing it in the theater as well. It was my freshman year of college. And I remember that we didn't see it the week it came out. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But I remember having to like tell people, because it, it came out finals weekend. Oh, and yeah. so like all of the other people in my at my table were like, we got to finish our finals and then we got to go see it. But like I was have link, having lunch with all of the other people that play fucking magic cards with us, and we're all nerds. <laughs> and I'm like, don't tell me the spoilers. Like I'm gonna go see it, but not for another week. Like don't tell me the spoilers. But we went and saw it because finals week was also Mother's Day weekend, and that was my mom's Mother's Day wish. So two films, three curious, I love Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, funder of what do you do MCU? We knew early on she would fund it. She yeah, she's <laughs> the one that she wanted to go see Iron Man two for Mother's Day, and it was a pretty great. It was a pretty fun event for her and for us. So I think it's it's. I know it's it, critically it is on the lower part of the totem pole really? of the MCU. Oh, I guess yes. I can see that. I like it, but. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's an absolutely a fun movie. And I think that they've done good after the fact of, I don't want to say like retconning stuff, but they no, have the but, whole thing where that kid, I'm mean, yeah. going to get to this and that, in All the kids the Iron in, Man 2 episode as well. Yeah. That Something about that that kid was like later Peter on, Parker. Yeah. 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 As a young little like six-year-old or whatever. Yeah. I like that idea. Anyways, so that's, uh, thank you for listening to What Do You Do, MCU? And uh, we're going to go on to our next question, which is, uh, what's your favorite heist movie? I really like Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes. That's the full title. Of course it is. Yes. Because, I don't know, I like the funness and the... 
I don't know how to describe it. That like I know everything's going to work out. Yeah. In a Star Wars movie, obviously Rogue One, it's different. Right. And I feel like that's that that's the exception to the rule. Yeah. But like I know I'm not worried about Han Solo dying or yeah. Lando or any characters that are established. I mean, it's really sad when the robot dies. Yeah. But but does she? she lives on. Yeah. In the Millennium Falcon, so it's exactly. okay. Exactly. But I like. I like a heist movie with multiple parts like this, yeah. where it's not just... Ultimately, it does become the heist when they do the Kessel Run. Yeah. But, like, there's little mini heists before and after that. It's yeah. not just the one thing happening. Because I, I also like movies where it's, like, they're all building up to one big thing that they're going to do. But I prefer a little, like... I like multiple action sequences. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like we have in the MCU. I as I mean I love Solo obviously and Rogue One and all the other Star Wars movies and uh, but I, I this this happened when we were talking about oh a question about what's your favorite outer space movie and a lot of people mm-hmm. pick Star Wars movies I don't like Star Wars because of the outer spaceness yeah. I like it because of the Star Warsness which is also why I didn't pick Solo or Rogue One for my favorite heist movie my favorite heist movie is probably the first or the 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 first remake of the Ocean's Eleven the the George Clooney Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's iconic in the its resurgence of just the sheer number of poker movies that happened in yep. that era. It's a great heist movie. It's very dialogue-driven, and I love it. And it generated a whole bunch of sequels and other things that I also love. Ocean's 12 and 13, which I think are phenomenal. Ocean's 8, which I loved. As well as Logan Lucky, which is done by the same screenwriter as Ocean's 11. Um, and they even make a joke in the movie that it's Ocean's 7-Eleven because it's a bunch of like rednecks stealing from NASCAR instead of high-end poker players yeah. stealing from casinos. But I, I like that style of heist movie. Um, I, I mean, I like the original Ocean's Eleven as well, and I like things like Rounders, but there's something about the George Clooney Ocean's Eleven that's just so perfect. It's only recently I learned that it's a remake. Yeah, oh yeah. In fact... Uh, it seems to be the definitive one for a lot yeah. of people. And the the original one is good for sure. It's 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 a great Rat Pack movie. It's got it's got all the guys from the Rat Pack, and it's got just that minimal amount of singing that you would hope for from a Rat Pack movie. <laughs> um, Sammy Davis Jr. sings the Ocean's Eleven theme as he's just sort of like idling, waiting for them to show up to do a thing. He's just sort of like Yo, we live, <laughs> and it's it's perfect. It fits in really well with the movie, and it's it's technically it's a New Year's Eve movie because they do. The heist oh. is that at at midnight they cut the power and then steal all the shit, um, and it's it's also quite good. But it's kind of a genius time. It to really do is. That, isn't it, it really is. But I like. I don't know. I, as much as I love that one, I like the George Clooney one better. If you want to watch the original, uh, subscribe to the Criterion Channel because it's on there. I think for another. I think I don't think they took it off last month. I you think know, it's still on. But all I know about that is you can watch a lot of Kurosawa movies on. Yes. The Criterion. Also. Which means uh, also a lot of Toshiro Mifune movies because he's in a lot of the Kurosawa films. Additionally, though, if this is something that that you were interested in uh, vis-a-vis the beginning of this episode, the Criterion channel is actually uh, currently making free on their channel as many movies by black filmmakers on black subjects free as they can contractually. So yeah. you can go on their website now, and there will be a number of movies that are listed as free, and you can watch those and uh, help to further educate yourself on things that we all really ought to be educated on. Yeah. So, anyways, Criterion Channel's great. Uh, we've listed some great heist movies, talked about Hulk. This is a shorter episode, but, uh, you know, 
That's the way it it's goes sometimes. It's a special feature. Some, sometimes yeah. they're short. Sometimes they're short. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we got a Patreon, but please donate to some place that needs it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, thank you for... Oh, I guess our next movies are going to be uh, Star Wars, Episode mm-hmm. Five, uh, Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. and Lord of the Rings, The Two, Two Towers. Towers. And you can just guess what the theme is going to be. <laughs> it's uh, the middle part of a trilogy is the theme. So that's actually it's not it's not that crazy. Anyways, well, that that'll be our next one well, and that'll come out. Right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Anyways, that'll be our next one and uh, we hope that you guys will listen to that and to the rest of us and uh, we love you. We love you. <laughs>